Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. Riley, what's up? Not much. Taking uh, 20 minutes or so away from my time watching uh, our boys in blue play right now against the Twins. Not looking so, so hot, Uh, but still having a good Sunday, Jesse. I don't know about you. And who's this handsome dude? I mean, who, who, who is this guy? Yeah, not only that, we are also joined by the host of the Have You Considered podcast, the host of the Leafs and Lad podcast, and the only other person I know who can throw a wicked sidearm slider just like Adam Simber, my friend, Isaac Bass. Isaac, welcome to the show. I will say that that slider, now the only time I ever pitched an actual baseball game, I pitched two innings. The first inning, I actually did really well, struck out a few people, and then I, I remember hearing one guy and he said, all he can throw is a slider. And then it just all just <laughs> broke down from there. But the arm angle got him at first. I just couldn't hold it together for more than one outing like Adam Sidberg can. There you go. Well, I guess the big league career died young, but it's good to have you on the show here. Uh, today on the show, we're going to go all things Blue Jays that happened in that series against the Minnesota Twins. We've got our thumbs up. We've got our thumbs down. We're going to talk about the Ryan Barucki trade. We'll preview the series against the Kansas City Royals. But first, guys, big news. We are now on Spotify. So good stuff. If you wanted to listen to the show, but you can't open YouTube because you're on the road, now you can. So I suggest going to Spotify. Make sure you give us a five-star rating. Like and subscribe. Hit those downloads. We're blowing up, baby. We're going to be everywhere before you know it. You can can watch us. Now you can just plain old listen to us. Mm -hmm. Love it, man. We're branching out. We're starting a big... I mean, uh, having a lot of fun doing this. Um, It's it's been one heck of a season so far. And uh, hope... uh, we get more viewers and listeners on uh, on Spotify. Yeah, it would be great to have. Uh, well, all good things had to come to an end, unfortunately, as the Jays, uh, they lost game one of the series. They won game two of the series, and they're currently losing six to three in the bottom of the seventh right now. We'll give you any updates in this game if something does happen. Matt Chapman just went deep, so that was good to see. But Jays still have some work to do against the Minnesota Twins to salvage a win. Game one, the Jays lost that one nine to three. Jays and Twins battled early. It was four to three Minnesota after three, but Jays only got one hit after the second inning. Minnesota club five home ones and the Jays eight game win streak comes to an end. Game two, Jays won 12 to three. I was in attendance at this game. So that was a fun one to be at. Jays did everything right. Jose Barrio, seven innings pitch, career high 13 strikeouts against his old team. Jays muster 16 hits, including home runs by Vlad, Bo and Kirk. And game three, like we said, is currently happening six to three so far in the seventh. Matt Chapman has a home run in this one. George Springer has a home run in this one. And Kevin Gosman ran into some trouble early, but it looks like the bullpen has kind of stabled things down. So let's hope the Jays can mount a comeback in this one. Boys, without further ado, thumbs up, thumbs down. You ready to rock? Ready. Let's go. Isaac, I think we're going to throw the first one to you because you're our guest here on the show. Thumbs up. What are you giving it to? All right. So my thumbs up is not as much of a series as just because it's the first time on the show. I want to give like an all-encompassing kind of year up thumbs up to a guy that I've fallen in love with. And you guys talked about at the start of the year as like a surprise guy that came out of nowhere, Santiago Espinal. Yeah. Uh, it seems now, I don't know if you guys know the stats off the top of your head, but it seems like he would be, he has the best on base batting average of any J with runners in scoring position. Now it may just be the games I've watched. He's done really well in that position, but it just seems like whenever he's at the plate, something good happens, mm-hmm. you know, and he's got speed that he can still leg out ground balls he's great defensively does an awesome job and all that talk about like what are we going to do at second base before the start of the season seems like he's answered all of those problems at a very cost effective rate which being a leaf fan (laughs) cost effectiveness is something that we are lacking a little bit so it's nice to see (laughs) the days have and especially with guys like Bichette and Guerrero coming up um Mm -hmm. he's my top performer I know he only I think he only had two hits this series 
Uh, everyone had two hits last night, but yep. uh, yeah, he's my he's my thumbs up for sure. Love love that one, Bassy. That's a very original one because it's so true, man. One of those unsung guys. And you know what, man? He's on his way to an all-star game appearance this year, the way he's been playing. And you hit the nail on the head, something we've struggled at, hitting with runners in scoring position. And, well, there's Espinal driving guys in. And Simeon's numbers are, uh, I mean, I think we probably still would rather Marcus Simeon because I don't think that that's going to last. But, uh, like, that's a good hell of a good replacement. No, absolutely. And we were um, we talked about on a few episodes there that Santiago Espinal was actually leading all American League second baseman in war at that point to the season with only hitting what two or three home runs at that point. So there is a real chance we're going to do an all star episode as we get closer to the all star game itself. But there's a real chance Santiago Espinal finds himself on that roster, which is amazing from the prospect that he was and the player he was even last year. So a great turnaround from Santiago Espinal. Love that one. Uh, Riley, let's move on to your thumbs up a guy we just have to talk about after his last performance. Yeah, well, you were there, Jesse, and I'll steal this one from you. And it was a well-deserved and a well-earned game, man, for Jose Barrios, dude. Absolutely. Career-high 13 Ks. And I was watching um, on some of the, you know, the stat trackers and the pitch overlay between his slider and that nasty Mm two-seamer. It looked it looked great, man. Like he actually looked like he's in mid-season form. And well, it being kind of mid-season now, Jesse, it's good to see because a guy we signed for the term in the in the dough with yep. the, with the contract. Like, yeah, let's see a little bit more of that. I felt great about it, man. I, I'm sure that the Rogers Center was just electric yesterday, and you know, people were really rooting for him because. He is a, he is someone who is going to be you know one of the reasons we make or break the you know a playoff spot and you know we need to see more of that man for sure yeah what a bounce back after his last start in anaheim where he really struggled and he got hit so hard like he gave up the home run in the first inning and we're thinking shit like here we go again this is gonna happen brios has given up more hard contact but then he just locked it in i think the main difference too was he was finally locating that off-speed pitch that curveball down and away to right-handed hitters and he was throwing it consistently for strikes too which is big and not only that, he was able to get the swings and misses that we weren't seeing from Jose Brios this season. So, And plus, I think it was a little in his head. He had mentioned before the season, you know, he was kind of upset about leaving Minnesota. He didn't really want to, but he knew he wasn't going to get his money. So I think there was something, a little motivation. And maybe that's what we needed to get Jose Brios uh, going forward this season. Jesse, I'm going to interject on you for a second because I'm going to call us both out and share our text conversation we had yesterday oh, no. while you're at the game. <laughs> All right. It, at uh, 12, 12, so your guy's time, 3, 12, uh, I said, man, what the fuck is wrong with Brios? And mm-hmm. you said, seven more years of this, exclamation mark, <laughs> exclamation mark. Uh, and you, then you did say, as you talked about in previous episodes, individual pitches still seem similar when yep. he's getting hit. He's getting hit, uh, and throwing right down the middle. But then I said, the curve looks really nice today. Yep. And you said, the best pitch in baseball and from right yeah. when you said that Jose Burrios threw 13 K's and, and had a great outing, but I will say at first and like all of Jay's Twitter, I don't know how well you guys follow Jay's Twitter. Oh yeah. No, I was, Hey man, the Rogers center. I thought that there was going to be an angry mob on opening day, <laughs> man. Honest and truthfully, dude, it was not a good scene and I felt bad for him. But you know what? That's hey man, Bassy. That was the start that he needed. Thirteen strikeouts, dude, over seven. So you know what? That's not even a full, you know, full complete game. 
double digit strikeouts. Just, Still, that's awesome, man. Just really quick, guys, before we move on to our next player here. Uh, Jose, Fangrass has a stat called Game Score, where they take each individual's pitcher's performance and base it like a numbers based on quality of contact, strikeouts, and think. Uh, this was by far Jose Barrio's best one of the season. They gave him a score of 71. Do you know where it would rank on the uh, Jays starting pitcher's game score so far this season? If you just had to take a guess, stab in the dark. Seventh. I'd, I'd say around there. Maybe fifth. Okay, so Isaac nailed it. It was seventh. It was the seventh best individual oh. start. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi had one better against his old team, the Seattle Mariners, where he only gave that one hit through six innings. Um, the Blue Jays' best start in terms of game score was Alec Manoa on April 29th against Boston. And then Gosman's up there with three of them. Manoa's up there with two of them. And then Barrios slides in right there at number seven. So yeah. hopefully we see more of this going forward from Jose Barrios. Uh, my thumbs up I wanted to give one to is the catcher himself, Alejandro Kirk. He's got on base five times this series. He had a home run in game two. He had a home run in game three. And just for good measure, Kirk is now hitting 307, 386, 453. And that was coming into the game today. So before he even hit another home run. And here's where Alejandro Kirk ranks in the majors in terms of batting for catchers in many offensive categories. His home runs, he now has five, which is top 10. He's leading catchers in batting average with a 307. Second in on-base percentage, second in WOBA, second in weighted runs created plus. He's fourth best walk rate at 12% and is the best in strikeout percentage at 8.9%. Alejandro Kirk is making a real case that he's going to be an all-star this season, which was wild after the first month of the year, he only had one ball where he pulled for an extra base hit all season. The turnaround Alejandro Kirk has had is just incredible. And I can't wait to see more of him coming up this season. He's going to do a lot more of it, man. Like straight up, Alejandro Kirk is... One of the best hitting prospects we had coming up through in the last couple of years. Now he's here. Um, we know that his defense is probably considered to be average, if not below average at some point. I see that his frame rate is uh, becoming a, a bit better as even the starts go on for him. Um, so that's really good to see. As far as his bat goes, I didn't mind the start of the year to him, see him slap balls the other way and things like that. Cause he was still putting up a pretty high, you know, on base and average at some points. Um, but now that he's turning the power on, it's, it's starting to look like more what he can do, especially you add, you add the Jansen equation in there for both our catchers. There we go. Like we got two of the best hitting catchers in baseball, in my opinion, the best power tandem love that Kirk's doing it, man. And Moreno, yeah, there's a, and that's probably why he's focused so much on defense. He's like, if I have a spot on this team where I'm going to be getting some starts at catcher with a guy like Gabriel Moreno coming up, like I'm going to have to really improve my defense so I can at least get two of the starting five pitchers, right? And I had a question for you guys. Um, now, I know baseball doesn't have as much obvious emotion coming from players. And the reason I ask is because you guys both talked about two guys who have. Uh, Barrios, mutters under his breath he slams his his, uh, fist in his glove when he makes mistakes stuff like that he shows a lot of emotion Kirk at the start of the year when he was hitting hard balls but they were just getting like they're just right at people you could show he showed emotion do you like when players like the Marcus Strowman's the world show a lot of emotion does it differ between a pitcher and a uh, uh, infielder or anything based on position player yeah. yeah 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 I'll, uh, I'll field this one to start because, I, I, first of all, I love that question, Isaac. Yeah, I love it, first of all, when pitchers um, – so Strowman was, was certainly an emotional guy. I think that um, Alec Manoa, I've seen the mm. most, most positive emotion from him, and I'll go back on um, when Charlie Montoyo pulled him from the game. He didn't want to leave that oh, game. Right, he yeah. wanted to pitch the complete game, man. So when you get pitchers wanting to compete, wanting to go out there, I mean – 
Vladdy's broken a bat this year, um, you know, over his knee or off the ground or whatever it was, you know, that's showing real emotions, right? Like I would say that baseball is easier to pinpoint in hockey, such a fast game, man. Like you'd really have to catch it. Baseball, if you make an error and you slam your, your fist into the glove, like you got 25,000 people that just saw you do that. Or, you know, those little mannerisms, man, the bad thing, if you, you're a pitcher, you give up a home run, you put your glove over your face. Like people know that you're cussing into your glove. Like they know that you're ticked off, you're upset. And I think, you know what? It's great to show emotion. And our manager Montoya showed, I would say great emotion this year. Haven't loved him a hundred percent of the time with his decisions he's made. But I'll say this, man, and that's Montoyo. His heart is into this Jays team. And I would say that, you know, 99% of the time, too, our players are right there with them. And we're putting up battles, man. It's real emotions. It's real fight that we got. Yeah, don't Do you like it, Jesse? I don't yeah. really disagree. I don't have a lot to say. It's just you'd rather see the players that they're trying to compete hard. And, you know, they get frustrated at themselves. They get frustrated at their teammates. I don't think there's anything wrong with showing emotion either way. Um, I want to move on forward to our next segment, though, here. We got to talk. There were some lots of positives. We got to talk about some negatives here. And uh, Isaac, would you like to start with your first thumbs down of the series against the Twins? Uh, I know it's a little premature, but uh, I would just say there was a couple defensive mistakes. I didn't notice any like big highlight real defensive plays, um, but I did notice some mistakes. And I think that really hurt Kevin Gossman today. Yep. And I know you wanted to get into that, Jesse, because there was like not one hard hit ball for the first two innings really and it was some luck but some like obviously defensive and that that will ruin you games come playoffs and being a Leaf fan playoffs is what matters so hopefully that we can kind of like get that a little bit better I don't know what it was you said closed dome or something like that uh so yeah I don't know what you guys think of that but that was defense I just didn't notice like too many spectacular plays which we have the guys in there that can do that um, and there was a, just a few too many errors and mistakes. Yeah, those are the ones that hurt the most when you have guys on base, you get that routine out and then it's dropped and two runs score. Um, we'll touch on Gosman a little later there, but yeah, I'm not too worried. This happens sometimes in baseball. You'd rather it happen now than is get into the season deep in there. Um, Riley, what you wanted to give a thumbs down there? Who are you giving yours to? Well, it's not, it's not who we're giving it to, or maybe it's the person deciding, you know, who, who's getting this thumbs down and that's Jesse Isaac you know easy question what's what's our team we're the Toronto Blue Jays and hey we're Makes Canada's sense. team here's my here's my gripe on it we're wearing our reds today and I'm not a big fan of the red jerseys I'm an aesthetics guy you know I like I like the team to look good we and we have some of the best uniforms you know our whites our white panel hats you know whether whatever it be <laughs> and here we are wearing our what I call them Canada Day jer- Canada Day jerseys when we wear them for Canada Day weekend. I feel like that's the only time we should be wearing them to represent Canada as a country. But right, now, we're still rep- representing the Toronto Blue Jays. Not a big fan of the Reds, and I feel like that there's a stat that backs this up that we perform not that good when we wear our red jerseys. Yeah, and I know it was, was true. I know it was like that in the Russell Martin days for sure. I remember watching a lot of those games that we lost. Um, I say red, red is for Canada, man. We're the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, You know, we got a little bit of red, but that's, you know, that's our accent. One of our accent colors, man. It's not a huge thumbs, thumbs down or anything like that. I know I'm uh, being a fussy guy by saying it, but I think Jesse, Isaac, you know, we can agree that we got some of the best blue colored jerseys in the league. And, you know, we don't really need to be wearing our red jerseys, you know, five, six, seven days into June. I think we can wait, you know, three weeks and wait till Canada Day. Right. So what happened here is that the uh, these are the Canada Day jerseys they were going to wear on Canada Day, but they showed up early and apparently the players got a look at them and the players just decided, hey, 
I want to wear them. They talked to the clubhouse guy and the, they gave him the go ahead as they're officially a team alternate jersey. So I don't love it, but I mean, the players seem to have loved it. And they've listened to what the players wanted before. Like in that uh, last game against the White Sox, Alec Manoa just decided, hey, I want to wear our white panel hats. So the team decided to wear that. And hey, I guess at the end of the day, it's what the players want to wear. You know, I don't love it as a fan. I know a lot of fans don't, but hey, teach their own. Teach their own. Yeah. I want to move into my thumbs down. I wanted to get in on Kevin Gosman here and he doesn't make an appearance on our thumbs down list too often because he has been so good. Now his stuff is still so nasty. His splitter is the best single individual pitch at getting swings and misses outside of the zone. But I think Joe Siddle was on to something today when he was talking about a pitch tipping issue. And now I want to flash you back to last year when Kevin Gosman was still on the giants. And for the first three months of the season, Kevin Gosman looked like the guy he was at the start of this season. That splitter was unhittable. His fastball was, t- um, was blowing by guys. And then he kind of struggled into the second half. And I was t- doing some research into this on Kevin Gosman there. And teams just decided they are going to lay off the splitter because they know simply they can't hit it. Even though it looks good, if they know that pitch is coming, then no, just take it because it's going to drop low and out of the zone. And then they really ambush the fastball. And this is kind of what the Minnesota Twins were doing here today. I think they picked up on something that they knew he was going to throw the splitter. And uh, his chase rate on that was only, I think, 20-something percent today, which is by far the lowest it's been in a game this season. And because of that, if you know he's not going to throw the splitter, you can really hammer his fastball. And we saw a lot of the hits that Kevin Gosman gave up today on that fastball. So that's what you want to see Kevin Gosman get better at here if he's going to keep getting better and keep missing bats. He's got to really be able to disguise those things. So I don't know if it's a mechanical issue or pitch dipping issue or what, but something to look forward as Kevin Gosman goes forward here. If Gosman wants to have quality starts and be effective on the hill, we all know that he needs his splitter to work mm-hmm. and get swings and misses um, and, you know, get get off timing when he does throw that fastball. And when you can when you have the foresight and you could see through when batters have that ability to, you know, predict a pitch 50 percent of the time or even 30 percent of the time, that's hard for a guy like Kevin Gosman because he throws hard enough that he could really give up some hard con- contact. So, you know what? I mean, good for the twins. Let's say, let's say this. Cause you know, Minnesota coming in here, I did, they have an interesting team. Um, Gosman is one of the best starters in all of MLB. He's our ace at this point with Manoa. He's one of the best pitchers in major league baseball. And for him to get hit like that, you know, s- some of them will say, yeah, that's how the ball bounces, but you know, it takes an extreme amount of luck to score five runs in two innings against one of baseball's best arms. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to the rest of this very quickly. we got about six minutes to go and a lot to get through. So let's go speed time here. Uh, Blue Jays have traded left-handed pitcher Ryan Barucki to the Seattle Mariners for a first base slash third base prospect, Tyler Keenan. Uh, he is 23 years old. He was a fourth round pick in 2020 draft by the Mariners. He was a Seattle Mariners 32nd rated prospect coming in. And do you guys have any initial takeaways on uh, Keenan here? Did you look into him at all? Or? He's a big boy. I think he's like six four, something like that. Uh, yep. it, batting two fifty in single A. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, not too many home runs throughout his uh, his history for being that big of a boy. But and especially for being a first baseman, third baseman. But I mean, Baraki wasn't doing anything with us, so I always like taking a chance on guys like that. You know, there's Justin Smokes out there who end up coming up, coming yep. around later. Good piece of business too. He always hit in his time in college, and you know their tools. Here's Fangraphs uh, kind of skills on the 2080 scale they have his hit tool grade out of 55 his game power at 50 raw power 50 speed 30 and glove 40 so just seems like kind of an average guy they you know it's i don't think there's a ton to like here he's got a ton a really high ground ball rate and a low line drive rate but you don't want to take too much stock into single a numbers but the jays were going to lose ryan brucky anyway so a good piece of business by getting something back for him yeah that's it sucks like we said last time it sucks to see brucky go but you know what 
We'll take something in return instead of just casting them out on waivers, right? Yep. Couple news and notes here. Kevin Biggio recorded his 200th hit of his career in this series. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. recorded his 400th hit of his career in this series. Uh, George Springer now has seven leadoff home runs this season, which is the most in Blue Jays franchise history, as well as 50 on the career. So I think he's two or three behind uh, Kevin's dad, Craig Biggio. So he'll be getting that before the end of the season. Tim Mesa will be traveling to Buffalo to begin a rehab assignment. He should be back within the club within the next week or so. And Hunjin Ryu uh, has a forearm strain and an elbow inflammation, so he'll miss, quote, a couple of weeks. But there is some concern this could turn into a couple of months, and worst-case scenario could shut him down for the season. We'll give you updates on that as we go. Uh, Ross Stripling will join the rotation in the meantime. Now, my question for you guys is, if Nate Pearson is officially coming back as a bullpen arm and a bullpen arm exclusively, if the Jays do need another starter at some point, who is that going to be? Frankie Montes. <laughs> we, we need to listen. We need another good power arm, man. And um, yeah, we lost a, a left-hander, but I think like technically, you know, we got Ryu, Kikuchi. I don't think the righty-lefty madness is going to shift too much because Montes is one of those guys, another good, good split finger and a good two-seamer high velo guy. Um, I would love to see him in our rotation if that injury is going to be long-term because we do need to fill in another starter role yes stripling has been a guy that we have used and called upon but can he carry that workload i don't know i'm skeptical of it jesse isaac what do you think man what should the blue jays do if this is long term man i think our more pressing issue is outfielder uh just i've seen zimmer and tapia take too many plate appearances us too uh yeah um (laughs) And I personally think that, like, when you go to the playoffs, you typically go down to, like, three or four pitchers anyways. Yep. And there's going to be guys like like Nate Pearson, like, maybe he might just be a bullpen arm, but you never know. The guy still has potential to be a st- potential starting pitcher. You know, he gets healthy, he gets right, he steps in and can be a top three pitcher if all things go right. My hot take at the start of the year was that he's going to start a, a playoff game for the Blue Jays. So as crazy as that sounds, like you, I I think you look internally and maybe make like a little trade deadline move, but you wait a little bit. Outfielder is more pressing issue for me right now. Absolutely. And if you look at the Bison's rotation here, they have Casey Lawrence, Bowden Francis, Nick Allgaier, uh, Maximo Castillo, which is a great name, by the way. (laughs) He was just called up from uh, AAA. And then Thomas Hatch, who we've seen in the big leagues before. He's pitched better after a slow start, but none of those guys really seem to move the tide much. Anthony Kay is still hurt, so he's not an option. And I think it's still too early to bring up Ricky Tideman, who just made his debut up into uh, to high A ball there. So it's still a little time for him. Sounds like the Blue Jays are going to have to find someone else outside of the rotation unless they want to stretch out Trent Thornton to put him back in the rotation. But again, that's an issue. We don't need to tackle right away while all five of these guys are still healthy. Let's hope it stays that way going forward. Yeah, uh, look good. <laughs> he yeah. sure was. <laughs> and and so and and to go off your point, outfielder Palacios would look real good for us too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but oh well, we'll figure it out. Well, the Jays currently are moving into the top of the ninth inning in this game. Uh Gary Sanchez just hit a home run, so it's now eight to three. I really don't think the Blue Jays are gonna come back and to win this game. They have a Travis Bergen on the hill right now. So unless something crazy happens, or Jeremy Beasley on the hill, sorry. Unless something crazy happens in the bottom of the ninth, we'll let you know. But it looks like the Jays are going to have a series loss here against the Minnesota Twins. And that'll do it for this series. We're going to move on to face the 17 and 34 Kansas City Royals next. And Isaac, I can't help but want you make your first ever episode on this show and you wear a Kansas City Royals jersey. What's with that? Yeah, I was hiding it a little bit. Uh 
maybe people thought it was like an old school Jays jersey, but no, we got the KC Royals. We got Kane on the back. Now, I did want to say the reason I wore this is because I'm a big Leaf fan. I have a yep. Leafs and Lads podcast, yep. and I wore the Leafs jersey on the games that they lost. So I'm going to wear the Kansas City Royals jersey in the hopes that that same luck keeps shining and whatever jersey I wear, that team loses. So mm, I'm wearing the KC smart. jersey because we're going to go in and we're going to sweep them because we're on fire now. Had a little blip in the road, but Jays are going to – we're going to win the division. I still believe. I'd really like it if you could wear your Yankees jersey now every day from here on out so they never win <laughs> yeah. a game ever again. That would be uh, – that would make us most happy here. Okay, perfect. Uh, probable yeah. pitchers for this series. Ross Stripling will start game one against Daniel Lynch. Game two will be Alec Manoa against Brad Keller. Yusei Kikuchi will take the afternoon game on Wednesday against Brady Singer. And my thoughts are pretty simple. Jays just can't let off the gas, you know. Alec Manoa is going to do Alec Manoa-type things. Uh, but we, you know, Ross and Yusei Kikuchi could be a little hittable. So if the Jays are going to do well in this series, they just need to keep the bats going. Keep pressing on the gas. We've looked good over these last two weeks. Let's keep it going so the Blue Jays can win against a team that they really should beat on paper. Well, and you said they're starting pitchers, man. And, and yeah, Singer was a good prospect. I don't think he's going to be what the, a lot of people thought. And that Lynch guy is a very hittable guy. Like this is, this is a Kansas City team that we should be able to hit pretty good with our bats. And now, now we've started to turn it up a bit. Yes, today we only got three runs, maybe some more in the bottom of the ninth. Who knows? But this is, this is a team that we should take care of. Um, I feel like we, we might not score double digits, but you know, a, a game or maybe two where we get seven or eight runs would be really nice. And that's kind of what I predict for this, you know, maybe a, a, a Lourdes three run home run or oh, a Oscar nice three run home run, something like that. Um, we need more of that. We need more middle, middle innings, big home runs. That would be really nice to see this series. That's my focus on is, you know, getting some, getting some big spots, a three or a four spot on the board in one swing would be awesome. How about uh, Matt Chapman getting another home run here? I think he's due for one. And uh, I'd maybe throw a bet that he'll get one at some point this series here. Um, that's going to do it for our episode here today, though. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Isaac, I'd like to personally thank you for joining us on the show today. Uh, be sure not only to subscribe to us and leave us a five-star review on Spotify and on YouTube, but subscribe to the Leafs and Lads show as well. We honestly wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for what they did, and they kind of set the trends here for us. So they deserve your follow and your subscribe as well. And who doesn't love people talking about the Leafs? There's always drama with that team, so they've got you covered over there. Uh, we'll be back midweek to talk the Royal Series. Boys, anything else to add before we get out of here today? Yeah, I want to just give one quick, one more little shout out to Bassey. Um, while I was playing juvenile, another one of those good veteran guys, a great playmaking centerman, could skate well. He back checked. He was just a strong dude. I mean, he's wearing a baggy baseball jersey now, but the guy is absolutely jacked. I mean, one of the, what, a Lady Bing type guy. He's a sportsman like player, but I wouldn't want to tick him off because he is one strong dude. Wow. Yeah. Thanks guys. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, I, I do want to just say that Jesse never seems to give predictions on this show. Jesse always asks Riley about his predictions on this show. So I want to know, Jesse, what are you predicting for this next series against the Royals? Smart thing is probably two out of three. I did predict that. I think Matt Chapman's going to go deep in this series. Uh, smart two- thing. No, 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 no. What is in your heart? I don't care about the smart thing, man. Come on. We're, I'm a Leafs fan here. What, what, what's the thing that's in your heart? Uh, in my heart says the Blue Jays are the best ever. And all these losses we had this year are bullshit. The Blue Jays okay. should still be undefeated this year. Um, I think the Jays are going to win every game 15 nothing because that's how it should be. And fuck the Yankees stadium. Am I right? Oh, oh, amen. We took some slack for that one. They did not. Uh, we're not a fan for that. But hey. 
Kauffman Stadium, nice stadium, good waterfalls in the center. Uh, so, you know, maybe we'll let Kansas City have a run or two, I guess. Okay, I like that. But, better. yeah, <laughs> we'll see that. Um, that's it for the series, guys. We'll be back next week. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe again. And thanks, everyone. Let's go, Blue Jays. Thanks, guys, and especially thanks, Bassie. <laughs>